0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything, bring yourself, show up and and remain steadfast and be a... If you
1: are in a position of leadership and a position of management, Bring women along with you.
0: Supporting women is my passion and my purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do.
1: I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant.
0: Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other
1: women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again, and trust is built. It's one conversation at a time.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. I'm happy to welcome Kelly Nevins to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Kelly is currently the CEO of the Women's Fund of Rhode Island and often speaks about the status of women and girls and why investing in women is profitable. And why using a gender lens to create systems change is important. Kelly has used her master's degree in education and leadership and her expertise in strategic development to lead Rhode Island's social profit sector since 19, 19 since what? Oh, since 1888, No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's try nineteen eighty. <laughs> Boy, you are. You look good for your age, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I apologize. I can't read. This is very small. She is also a is skilled at motivating teams and individuals, and has good sense of humor, creating workplace equity, and developing community relations. Uh, community relations tools. She has presented at several conferences for women and is frequently featured on local programming as Go Local Prov. In 2020, Providence Business News honored Kelly as Social Sector Industry Leader and received the Secretary of State's Medallion Award in 2021. She was named as the Fellow of Women's Leaders of the World. I'm so pleased to have you, Kelly, and <laughs> please forgive me and my my. Uh, it's 1980, not, teen, not 1880. So <laughs> welcome. I'm, I'm so excited to learn more about what you're doing, and and we have supported your efforts, and we'll continue to do so because we are women that are supporting women and girls. So welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I'm glad you're with me. Um, you know, as I said, this is a conversation. So some of the questions that you've given to me, I will I will follow, but I always want to start out every conversation for people to learn about you. Sure. So what's important is that so so often when women see other women that are successful and that are are accomplished Uh, they they think it's somehow so easy for them and things just kind of just have rolled so smoothly along in their lives and we both know that Uh, you and I probably have uh, we've had our ups and downs and and here we are doing what we're doing but we're supporting women so tell me about you and how'd you get to be the person I'm talking to today
1: yeah, sure. So um, I'll take you way back. Uh, so uh, I was born to a single mom who later was a single mom of three girls. Um, and uh, certainly that had influenced throughout my life. You know, I, I saw how my mom struggled economically to take care of us how, you know, the system in many ways seemed to benefit men and not so much women, uh, even when they were trying to do the right thing. Um, I, you know, when I talk about my work, I also talk about how uh, influential it was to see my mom lose jobs because she had to stay home and take care of a sick kid who was unexpectedly sick. And, you know, just how, how it's, it was much easier for men to be able to to not have to deal with those issues, yeah. um, I was the first person in my family to go to college, uh, and so I, you know, had to navigate financial aid, uh, scholarships, things like that. I'm very proud of the fact that I, I was able to go to college, um, and while I was there, I had this idea that I wanted to go into public relations. But again, um, at, at least at the time that I went to school. I had to work full-time to put myself through school, and that meant that I could not participate in unpaid uh, internships, which were really the only thing that was offered at the time that I went to school. I actually got my start in the nonprofit sector in 1990, um, and I... 1888 or <laughs> 1980. I was still in, in the, or I was still in grade school at that point. But um, in 1990, <laughs> because I could not find work in public relations because I had no experience, I decided that I would uh, try the back door, and so I started doing special events planning for nonprofits. And realized quickly that um, if I was working in the nonprofit sector, that I could be doing something good for the world, and hopefully also being able to pay my bills. Um, and so that's that's how I got my start. Um, I have been in the nonprofit sector in uh, management and fundraising for the bulk of my career. Um, I, I did take a couple of unexpected paths, uh, steps off that path, but I'm. For the most part, have been doing nonprofit work, and uh, while I was in grad school uh, working on my leadership degree, uh, my colleagues in the program said, "You know, what do you think you're going to do next?" And I said, "You know, someday I would like to run the Women's Fund of Rhode Island." And a couple of years later, that opportunity came up and lo and behold, I, I guess I manifested that, that particular wish um, and here I am. So yeah. I love the idea that I get to create systems change so that people who experience inequities, who often tend to be women, um, no longer have to experience those because of the way our systems are set up. Yeah. And uh, so today, uh, the organization that I run invests in women and girls, and we do that through research on the status of women and girls, through advocacy. And we both train leaders to advocate for change in the community, as well as directly advocate for change ourselves.
0: Okay, so let me stop you because yeah, I, sure. I want to go into some more details with you. Yep. Because first of all, I don't call 501c3 nonprofit, I call them. Social profit. I uh-huh. uh, really, when people say that word non profit, uh-huh. it, it just drives me crazy. So, so, and it really is positive when you, when because really everything that you're doing is socially profiting your community by mm-hmm. enhancing the well being of women and girls in your state. So, if you want to steal it from me, I'm going to give it to you and I uh-huh. hope you use it. But uh, so, so really, you know, you're a self-made person and I really like that about you. You, you uh, basically pulled yourself up through the, the ranks and saw, uh, and again, seeing what you saw as a child, watching your mother struggle again, you realized kind of what your, your role would be, but also maybe the legacy that you're leaving for your sisters and sure. especially your mother is your mother still living. By the she way? is. Yes. And I bet she is so proud
1: of you. I, I, I'd like to
0: think so. Yes. You know, because, I mean, I hope you let her see this because I think for her to understand that, you know, that she, she did her very best. She worked as hard as she could to. Absolutely. You three daughters, by the way, I have three daughters also. So, uh, but, but again, you know, that, that leaves a very strong impression that woman who's out there working and doing everything she can to, to take care of her family, I, you know, and again, when you, when a lot of companies are now looking at resumes, believe it or not, we're we're looking at those soft skills. The soft Mm -hmm. skills are basically parenting women that can parent and take care of children and work. uh, That really is a skill. And that really, you know, we're, we're the problem solvers, the hand that rocks the cradle, rocks the wall. That's right. Okay. When was the Women's Fund created in Rhode
1: Island? Yeah, so uh, this year we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. So we were started in 2001. Um, Our founder, Simone Joyeux, was uh, an international fundraiser and nonprofit guru who happened to be traveling around uh, all over doing her work and saw a woman's fund in action in Arizona and was really impressed with that work and said somehow we need to, to do something similar in Rhode Island and uh, you know there she has, came back always, here.
0: There always has to be a reason though I mean what yeah. what did she see? Uh, oh, that yeah. really, well, really made her think that this is the perfect place and it can help women. There, you know, there's, I mean, I, I, I have three daughters. So for me, uh-huh. leaving a legacy is extremely important that I leave them something that they can take the baton and they can take, you know. Yeah, they, absolutely.
1: They well, I, right from the get-go, she was she was angry that you know uh, that there were these inequities that existed, particularly for women, but also uh, also racial inequities uh, that she was noticing as well, and the fact that basically these programs were being created that were meant to impact everyone but when when there was no gender lens that was being used what she saw is that men and boys would continue to rise to the top and women and girls would fall through the cracks and she did her own research and realized you know and this is still true today that less than 2% of funding across the nation goes to programs that are directed specifically at women and girls to Less than two percent of foundational funding. Um,
0: never, I've never heard that fund.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, because that's all I do is fund uh, women's programs. So <laughs> I, I, was, I was I thought it was more than two percent, but uh, that that really does definitely show that we have total a total imbalance as far as yeah. services. All right, tell give me a, give me an example of someone who is you have helped through the the Women's Fund in Rhode Island. Someone that you would call, you know, from start to finish. Now she's a success because I know everything that we put out there comes back to us threefold. So, sure I know that all these women will come back and they'll do something for some other some other woman as well. So, yeah, Give, sure. me, give, me, a, give me a story of someone who's just really benefited. From, from the Women's Fund.
1: Yeah, sure. So I, first of all, I will say that we are less of a direct service organization than one that is engaged in systems change. So um, we we tend to operate in the, the the spheres of of advocacy, if you will. So we have a program at the Women's Fund called the Women's Policy Institute that trains a cohort of women to understand how legislative change is made in our community. And together they work on a project that that hopefully changes some of the systems to create a more equitable landscape, particularly for women and girls. So um, in 2012, there was a woman who went through that program. Her name was Gail Golden, who, helped to, first of all, pass the one of the first paid leave laws in the United States. Rhode Island was among the first in the early days. So that was part of the work that she was doing through the Women's Policy Institute. But also, uh, because of her learning in the program, it inspired her to run for political office, and she became a senator within our General Assembly, um, and up until September, she continued to serve in that role, but uh, most recently has now gone to work for the federal government as a senior advisor to the Women's Bureau. So uh, the work that she had been doing locally, uh, she now is able to have national impact from as well. So, so that's one person who has had a lot of direct connection and impact with the Women's so Fund. Exactly.
0: Well, those are the kinds of stories that when we hear them, we know that anything is possible. Because what uh, this Women's Policy Program is doing is not only giving women a voice, but giving women a seat at the table. Absolutely. We have to have both. We have to have voices, but we also have to have a seat at the table. Not around around the table. A seat at the table. So that's right. Anybody, anybody else that comes
1: to mind? Because yeah, this- well, I, again, in that vein, um, one of our board members in the late uh, 2000s, uh, Nelly Gorbea. Um, was so taken by the research that we were doing that was showing the inequities for women and girls in our state that she was inspired to do something. And what she did is run for secretary of state. And she talked specifically about the research that we were were doing at that time and and what she wanted to, to work on to change. And uh, she's currently now running for governor. She's still our secretary of state, but she is now running for governor. And while we don't, you know, we're a nonpartisan organization. I I know I've just used two examples of folks who got involved in, in politics, Uh, We're nonpartisan, so, you know, we don't back candidates. We train women to think about what it would mean to run for office. Um, We're actually creating a new program right now that would support newly elected and appointed women who get in office but it doesn't matter what political party they are affiliated with. It's more about making sure that they have the skills and the tools that they need to enact on the visions that they have for the world. Because like you, Dr. Nancy, we believe that women need to be at the tables where decisions are made and resources are allocated. So we absolutely want to see more women in leadership, both in government but also leading our local businesses and uh, our local uh, social profits, if you will. (laughs) Thank
0: you for using that. Yes. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm currently the chair of Take the Lead, which is a uh, a national organization that basically is does many many things. But one of the most important things it does is offers curriculum through the court, cohort system, which is again the cohorts are based on particular area. It could be law, it could be it could be media, it could be real estate, but it's something banking. But these are a group of women that are chosen by their cohorts, by their, by their peers to be represented, 50 women. And they're basically then going out and, and taking this leadership training. And one of the things that we've always found after the training is that the glue that these women create by these cohorts oftentimes come out saying, not only have they developed a, an amazing network of communication and, and a network of referral, but for the first time, in their lives, they feel the support of other women. Is that is yeah. that what you see also in your programming? Again, you're at this level. I, I guess what I'm yeah. seeing: is you're up here, you fund here, and then it happens here, and then trickles all over the place. Is that? Is it, that-
1: uh, yes and no. So uh, I, what I will say is: again, we're not. We don't typically have deep programming, but the programming that we do offer, like our Women's Policy Institute. Um, is meant to create a a cohort of of women leaders who, yes, would support each other as they continue to create community change for the better. But we also teach some self-advocacy types of things like salary negotiation skills. Um, Often women don't realize, number one. uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're already negotiating even before they get the job. Women walk in and they, they say, you have the job. They go, oh, thank you. But they don't negotiate. Yes. We we have to be better at the table negotiating our salary, our benefits, and and our promotions within the corporation, because we've got to be thinking ahead as far as where we are. And of course, then we have to be hiring as well the people that we want to take as we lift. You know, we, we have a campaign, of course, I'm gonna ask you to become involved with, it. I'm sure Kathy or someone hopefully has already asked you the lift women up campaign, which is basically, if every woman that you, you all are helping through advocacy or your policy uh, program could lift another woman up as she rises in the system or the political realm that she's in or the corporation that she's in, we'd be in a much different place than we are right now. Sure. So this is one of your newer problems. What are there other things that you're doing that we should be aware of? That are yeah, not?
1: well, so I, I talked a little bit about the Women's Policy Institute, but also um, I would note that we are directly advocating for change in the community. I'm really proud that this year we um, helped to pass uh, the Fair Pay Act in Rhode Island, which um, changes the definition of what pay means. Um, So what we are now having our local businesses do is pay women equally for comparable work. So, um, you know, of course we've had this equal pay law uh, on the books federally for decades, but the courts have chosen to really narrowly define what equal pay means. And so uh, we worked really hard to, to broaden what that definition is. So, that today, um, if you, for example, are an editor in a newspaper and you are working on, let's say, lifestyle stories, and your male colleague is working on sports stories, you have the exact same job. You're out at night and uh, over the weekend at community events. You're doing the same things. You're overseeing the same people. Yep. You just happen to have a different topic that you're working on. Yep. In the past, because there wasn't everything exact about your job description, lifestyles versus sports, uh, an employer could choose to pay you differently just based on that. Today in Rhode Island, that's no longer true. If, if the the majority of the work that you are doing is comparable, it's it's so similar uh, to your colleague, then. They, an employer can only pay you differently for some very specific reasons. And that might be longevity within the company. It might be an advanced degree that is directly attributable, attributed to the work that you're doing. It might have to do with the amount of travel that you're taking on or the shift that you're working, but they can't just, just indiscriminately pay you differently because they value lifestyle differently than they value sports because the work is the same. Well, I, I know in my own
0: uh, work history, uh, the question of being married would also define my salary. Sure. Know? yeah, I mean, Or,
1: or even just what your
0: story. historical pay was. You yeah. can't ask that anymore. If you, have, if you have someone helping to pay the bills, why should you be paid? the Right. It's still, it's amazing that in 2021, we're talking about these subjects, but Here's a subject, though, that's really concerning me, you know, not only Roe versus Wade, but the, the concern of the number of women that are leave, that have left and are leaving the workplace, and mm-hmm. many are saying they have no intention of returning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they have, I guess they have a spouse that's working, they have children. Uh, as you said, the, the big issue of flex time and mm-hmm. daycare is a huge issue and has yeah. been. Uh, and a lot of these, uh, even in the schools right now, a lot of the after school programs are not continuing. You know, we still have the COVID and the pandemic yep. issues. But but what are you what are you experiencing in Rhode Island? Because this is something w- we are really concerned at women can get, connect for good. Are the You know, we're, we've we been making headway of getting women into leadership positions, yep. and women lifting as they rise. But now we've got women going, hey, I'm 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 out the door. I, I you know, yeah. I they can't do it all. I can't, I can't can't get, I'm not getting paid for what I need and I I have no daycare and I can't can't go to work and leave my children at home. So, and there's no flex time and I can't work from home. They won't let me do this anymore. So,
1: yeah. And, and so you're, you're noting all of the things, Dr. Nancy, that, that show that this is a fairly complicated issue, right? You know, it's not just one thing. Um, however, the pandemic has really lifted up the fact that you know uh, we a need women in the workforce, and b that childcare is actually a workforce issue; it's not a parenting issue. So, as businesses uh, need to attract more employees now back to their workforces, um, as businesses want to be more productive in this new world, we have to think about how do we as a country invest in our childcare infrastructure and recognize that it is not just a parenting issue. Um, We need to make it accessible, safe, and affordable. And truly, how do we do that? In addition, we need to pay livable wages. And, you know, the, the pandemic finally broke this Oh, we're gonna pay people these sub poverty wages and then, you know, not allow them to access other benefits because they have a job. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are lots of things that that need to be addressed. And I think it's really come to light. Mm-hmm. The the question is, um, what is the people's interest in helping to make those changes? Um, well, because, and,
0: and, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I see it this way, Kelly, that. You know, this is more important than ever that if women don't support each other, the women that are still working or working have to really kind of recruit back the women that yeah. aren't working and support them. Because, I mean, again, uh, I'm not going to come back to work. If, I've, I, if I left a job that I wasn't getting paid well, I'm just as talented as, any, as anybody else. I'm walking out the door. There's no sure. time. Uh, you know, I don't have child care. But we, we as women, this is our opportunity and then also, if we really, if these corporations are smart and these businesses mm-hmm. are smart, and I'm talking about anything in the community, mm-hmm. social problems, whatever, we have to really. It's about relationships. We have yeah. we have to truly find people and and have have who have ownership of of what you're doing. You know, you're you're very involved in your in the mission of the Women's Fund. I'm very involved with the mission of Women Connect for Good. We we have to have some some glue. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm supported with wonderful people that I work with, but, but I, without the support, uh, I, I'm, I'm no good at anything without, sure. the, I don't, nobody gets anywhere alone. So, right. uh, so what is the women's fund to really, at this point, encourage these women to get back to work, that you're, they're going to get support, that they're going to get the childcare that they need, and they're going to get fair pay. And they're going to be able to excel and lift uh, as they rise also uh, in, the, in these corporations or in these social profit organizations or whatever. We, we've got to get
1: back to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, that's, that's why we focus on the systems change piece. You know, we're working on legislative change both locally and nationally to set the stage for, you know, creating a better country, a a better Rhode Island and a better country. Um, In addition, you know, we are advising at those tables where, uh, you know, resources are being allocated and decisions are being made. So um, I, the members of my board, members of our various volunteer committees are are actively involved in, in trying to guide, you know, the direction that Rhode Island will take over the next decade and more.
0: Well, they're saying one in three women are leaving. You're talking about 2% of women's, women's funding for, uh, from social profits, but we're saying one in three women are leaving the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that to me is just phenomenal. I mean, I, I can't even think about it. But, you know, what we're hearing now is that, uh, you know, they're even saying about Christmas, for example, distribution. hmm is things are being backlogged because they don't have people that want to go back to work or willing to go back to work. We've got some interesting things that we're going to have to do right now. So this is the time the companies can truly rise. The companies that really get it can rise to the top of the echelon because they understand if they bring these people back in and they keep these people and, and create loyalty and ownership they're, they're going to be successful in everything they do and sure. spread out into the community. So, so Rhode Island's doing it. Is that right? Thank you. Okay. I, I'm glad to hear that. All right. I, we're going to end. I'm going to end with a question here. Okay. We're going to tell us more about how women and whoever can find out more about the women's fund at Rhode Island. What advice would you give women right now who want to uh, reenter the workforce? What is it? What are some of the things that you might say to a woman who's saying, you know, I just don't really know at this point if I really want to go back to work, you know, I don't feel that I get what I need at work or, you know, I I need what What is your advice?
1: Uh, So right now, I would say it's a buyer's market, right? Um, If you think you're not going to be happy at the workplace that you have left most recently, Lots of employers are being very competitive at this point in time and saying, we need to attract people, so we need to do all we can. Uh, now is the time to negotiate, even if you want, if you're thinking about going back to the workforce that you most recently left, um, you can negotiate for so much. And I would say, you tell your employers what you need, you know, uh, if it's flex time, if it's, you know, the ability to work from home a couple of days a week, you know, finding different ways uh, to to help you so that you can be the best employee that they need as well. Um, A lot of women at this point in time are also thinking about starting their own businesses. So there's, there's options now, Uh, you know, certainly again, the pandemic lifted up the idea that folks who uh, are gig workers or who work from themselves uh, don't have access to benefits. And so there are changes to how communities are providing, for example, unemployment insurance and being able to provide overall health insurance, things like that. So so the game is is changing a bit and now is, is actually a really great time to be negotiating for the things that you need. Yeah, yeah um, I agree, I agree. Yeah, so uh, that's one piece. The other piece is, again, that um, employees are in such demand That there are often a lot of free or very low cost training programs. So if you're thinking about wanting to change a career, reaching out to, we have our Department of Labor and Training, some kind of employment division in your state that you could reach out to to learn about what, what training programs are available to you that Maybe you want to switch careers to something that is a little bit more lucrative for you and see what's available. And again, many of those programs are recognizing, oh, it's not just about providing free training, but also wraparound services like childcare while you go through those programs. So I I just think that there's more of a recognition in today's world that it's not as easy as just extending, you know, a a free class.
0: so could, no. someone, so could someone call your organization today and say, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, about how to negotiate going back to work. And, and you could give them some, at least some resources and some tips on sure. who, yeah. they in, who they can reach in Rota. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. There we go. Well, all right. I want to thank you for today. And I know this is so important You know, it's little that we do, but it's so valuable and so important that we do when we lift other women up. So I'm going to challenge your organization to become a member of the Lift Women Up campaign. Join it. You can go to our website, drnancyoreilly.com. But then if the Women's Fund would join, if every women organization would help lift another woman up, lift as you rise, Like I said, we could go through this pandemic and use it as an opportunity to get women back to work, working where they want to work, working where they, they get the benefits they need, getting the salary they need and getting the child care and whatever they need to stay in that job and and continue to evolve in that job and excel and and reach leadership positions that are so important, because we know Companies that have women in top leadership positions, whether they're on boards of directors or at top leadership positions in companies, are more successful because of that fact. So, yeah, right. So- that's what the women's fund's got it has to do and that's what women connect for good has to do. So we're we're doing our job, we're doing our best, but uh, okay, so how do they reach you and learn more about the women's fund in Rhode Island?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh the women's fund of Rhode Island can be found at www.wfri.org. Uh you can also call our our phone number at 401-262- five, six, five, seven. We exist for Rhode Island. There are frankly women's funds all across the United States and probably one serving your community as well. Um, You can type in women's fund. If you go to the Women's Funding Network, Online, uh, they are a member organization of women's funds across the United States and around the world um, and probably can help you connect to the women's fund that, that most is, is most closely connected to you. Most states have one. Uh, most large urban centers have one because Rhode Island is so small, we are the only women's fund in Rhode Island.
0: Fantastic. So uh, again, if women don't know about this resource and haven't connected within in their own communities, here's an opportunity to do so. Well, well, Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, um, I know your mom's proud of you, and like I said, we're leaving a legacy for our, the women that are coming up behind us. And then we also have to thank the women of the women that were standing on their shoulders as well. Absolutely. Yes. Your yes. mother's shoulders are big and broad, and I'm sure she's extremely proud of you. So. Uh, best wishes. It uh, was well. uh, Women Connect for Good will continue to su- support you. Uh, we will get this information out. Uh, this podcast will be, again, aired so that you're able to share it. But uh, thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day and see you soon. Thank you. You well. Take care. Right. If you enjoy these Smart Amazing Conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.